Welcome to 3R Educational Solutions, the podcast that empowers educators to create thriving learning environments with social-emotional learning at the core. Hi, welcome to 3R Educational Solutions podcast. Uh, Cassie and Angel here, and our topic today is ACEs. So it's not a card game, is it, Cassie? No, it's not. No, no. I, I mean, it could be the card game of life. I don't know. But That's a really good way to put that. That's yeah, yeah. Well, what brought this up was um, a chat with someone else um, kind of doing kind of an initiative in education herself. And I said, have you done the read or done the ACEs study? Do you know what that is? And she she said, no. And I'm like, so I was talking to Cassie about it. And what ACEs stands for is adverse childhood experiences. So Cassie and I have both taken the ACEs quiz. So there's a lot of websites out there. Um, the website that, and we're going to try to include links on our Facebook page. And can we um, include it like when you or go to Spotify, Cassie, you yeah. know more about that. Okay. Yeah, we can, uh, we can add it in our show notes. Okay. Oh, perfect. Good. So you can tell she's the tech technology <laughs> mind behind all everything. Um, the information that I'm pulling from today came from NPR.org and we'll include that. And the reason I, I kind of went to that one was because it has a lot of graphics on it that I used in my training with teachers at the organization that I worked with after um, public school. And um, so NPR.org. And then I pulled up one that I've used in presentations. And if you have not heard this lady speak, her TED talk is amazing. Really? Um, really? They, huh? Did you listen to it? No, I haven't yet. Oh. I need to. Yeah. Nadine Burke Harris. And I include this in presentations all the time. And one thing that she talks about in a way to introduce or a way to explain ACEs, those adverse childhood experiences, how they affect you, is she talks about a story about a bear. Imagine a bear attacked you. Like you need that cortisol pumping and the bear's chasing you. You need to, you need to have that stress. But if the bear comes back in the, your home every night, it is a continuous stressful situation. I get goosebumps because I picture her talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a continuous stressful situation. So that rise in cortisol affects the way your brain works. It affects your heart. It affects your health. And um, that's kind of how she illustrates the ACEs study. Um, and she, she does a great job breaking it down and where it came from. And, um, you know, she, and she talks about like if people are drinking out of this well and they keep dying instead of giving them medicine, or I keep getting sick, instead of giving them medicine, 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 go to the top of the river and find out why mm -hmm. these people are getting sick instead That's of, source, yes. yeah, what is the source of this illness? So great, great TED talk. Um, oh, I love that. I, that makes me, I, I want to go listen to it like right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that makes me think of like how much. I'm just looking at ourselves, like my family and looking at health and always wanting to get to the root of, of the problem instead of just masking it, always getting to the root of it. And that's kind of the same. It's getting to the root of that actual, you know, whatever the issue is. Yeah. Whether it's the way you think about something and we're going to get a little deeper into that. So I warned Cassie earlier. I'm like, just a heads up. I geek out on this stuff. I, I really 
get into it. And that's, we talked about with Jenny, when she was talking about the way the brain is formed and how it develops, when you teach kids how their brain develops, like, oh, it's not my fault. That's the way my brain was wired. And I've talked about several times, like our kids are not like us. They have so much more thrown at them than we did. And um, so kids are different. Mm -hmm. So I geek out. Our next talking point is the brain science behind trauma. So so fascinating to me. It is absolutely fascinating because I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why I did this. And that's why I did that. And, you know, instead of playing, it, it also helps people understand why they do the things they do instead of playing a victim. Yeah. And I really, really, really feel like we are in a victim society. I, I hands down, it took me a long time to get there, but I played a victim. And there were some things where I was like, no, I'm not a victim. This is just facts. It's happening. Okay. So this is happening, but what am I doing? What's my reaction to it? Yeah. So yeah, these things are happening, but what's my role in it? What's my reaction to what happened? And that's where we need to help kids. These things happened and they're happening. What can we do to react to it, to make us healthier, better people. So we make better choices. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, it was just in the last four or five years, my life has just done a 180, like from how I was over here to how I am here. And, um, it's been a lot of work, a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> a, lot, a of lot of work. Like it really does yeah. just in, um, I know for myself, a lot of my issue is, um, like negative, negative self-talk. And just the work that it takes into constantly telling yourself, and we've talked about the I am statements, but like constantly telling yourself that you are worthy, you are enough, you are capable, you're, you're, you know, that those things, it takes a long time for it to actually get ingrained in your brain and start becoming who you are versus the previous, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to quote Dr. Phil here. He said it takes uh, one or one, you're stupid to overcome 1000 at a girls. And I don't know if one in 1000 is the right number, but that's the gist of what he's saying. Like it only takes one, you're stupid to, to overcome the two, you know, 1000 at a girls. So I can be like, my mom can be patting me on the back all day, all day. And you're, you're wonderful. You're sweet. You're kind, you're caring. And then I could go over here. Another adult in my life, tell me I'm stupid. Yeah. Yeah, and it could be as simple as just like, well, one of your teachers. I mean, it could be an educator just saying something. They're not thinking about what they're saying, saying something, and that can go so deep. It's yeah. Yeah. So really watching the way we we talk to children. And I didn't plan on this being in my talk, but my husband posted something I was so proud of today and I shared it on Facebook. Um, it it's a picture of a, an adult talking to a child and it says criticizing your children doesn't make them hate you. It makes them hate themselves or dislike themselves. Ooh, and I was like, wow, there's a difference between teaching children and criticizing them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was just so proud of them. I was like, yeah. Oh, good job. so, That's okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The brain science behind trauma. So I talked about how Jenny, you know, she did that. And I, if you're on YouTube watching us, she used your hand in, to explain to the children, like with your thumb down and how the brain um, develops from the bottom inside to out into the top and front. And um, so 
we talked about how when the trauma happens in your life, how that affects how your brain is wired, how your brain develops. So it, trauma can happen in infancy. You know, if you are neglected as a baby, that affects how you regulate yourself. And if I can say this once and say, or say it a thousand times, I strongly encourage everyone to go get um, the boy who was raised as a dog. There's so much in there that talks about two, like there's one story about two boys, same dad, same mom. One child is a very successful, very caring, kind individual. And the other one was just like, had no conscience and didn't care about anything and was in trouble all the time. And actually was like, I think he murdered and raped some girls or something. I can't remember the story exactly, but the difference was, even though they came from the same parents was they moved from a very strong knit community who helped the mom raise the older boy and they moved to the city and mom was all by herself and on her own. And she, she was kind of had some, you know, like learning disabilities herself. And so when the baby cried, she just put the baby in the bed and her and the little boy would go for a walk. And those two develop, like he never learned the emotional connection with his mom or his parents because dad was at work. And I'm telling you, like just the, the stories and that it talks about how the trauma. So right there, that is emotional and physical neglect. That is an yeah. ace. Yeah. So, um, you know, and you think, okay, well, they're babies, they're resilient, they overcome. That's true. But you have to have something in place mm-hmm. to help them build that resiliency. I was, um, so- I was talking to a friend of mine. We were talking about this just earlier today. And um, we were talking about, they were saying, but like that happened to me really young. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Like that is the point that happened to you really young. Like the the younger you are, like those seeds get so, so much deeper, even in mm-hmm. the infant stage. And it's just, you know, it doesn't matter yeah. what age you are. Neglect is neglect. Yeah. And, and it's not that, okay, you had that, you have this ACE and it happened when you were young. Some of that is hard to reverse, but it can be helped. Like, um, there's one, uh, I think mama P the story in a boy who's raised as a dog where she's mm-hmm. just like, that baby just needs to be rocked. And she just rocks them and holds them and how they start to grow and nourish, you know, just become different individuals just by being held or hugged. And, you know, we're in such a society where kids can't touch kids and learn that play and learn to hug. And, oh, he was hugging my daughter and they're four. Yeah. You know, he doesn't mean anything by it. Now, if that kid has the ACE where that's behavior in his home and it, it there is something going on. Well, we need to watch that behavior for the, the boy, not the yeah. little girl being hugged. Yeah. You know, I mean, both, I should say both, not the little girl, but um, anyway, there are types of trauma. So I'm going to kind of just go over these pretty quickly because they're pretty, to me, they're pretty self-explanatory. So mm-hmm. acute trauma. So that's just like it sounds, it's small one incident and it shouldn't be small. I shouldn't say small, but it's, it's fast and it happens quickly. So like, like some blitz. examples, like kind of yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So like a tor- tornado do- demolishing your house, we had a tornado come through when I was a kid and I'm still terrified of tornadoes. Um, I'm getting less and less because I'm like, okay, fears. I, I t- tell myself all the time, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. Yeah. You survived that fear, you know, did, yes, things, bad, bad things happen, but that's traumatic. And if mm-hmm. you're scared of tornadoes because it one smashed your house. Yeah. That's traumatic. 
or a house fire. So maybe you walk around and you unplug things all the time because faulty wiring caused a house fire when you were little or, you know, witness a pet get hit by a car. I've, I've, I've had that happen. So some of these are things that have happened to me or I know someone or a car wreck. Like some people have a car wreck and are scared to drive or not drive out of town. That's acute trauma that keeps affecting you daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the chronic is probably what we see the most is domestic violence, alcoholism, or any um, drug or, you know, substance abuse, a violent environment. So maybe you go home to a nurse, like your grandma, she's great. She has dinner ready for you, but you go out into your neighborhood and we hear this all the time about, you know, inner city violence and everything. Um, but it happens repeatedly. Like the kids we worked with, I was just in shock, like jaw dropped when they would tell me stories. Like I, I watched my sister get shot by, you know, so-and-so and it's heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. So those are the types of things that we need to provide our children with the tools to become resilient and overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the complex, the abuse, like physical, sexual, and emotional, because all those things, like that's the physical abuse. Like if you get, that's not hard to mask as much, but like sexual abuse is hard to pinpoint if a child has been told, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be an adult you trust, right? Yep. Um, emotional abuse is really, really tough to pinpoint. And yeah. I think a lot of that, um, our friend Ashley, who does our fitness group, she posted some, I'm all about, you know, positive posts, but in different interesting posts, she posted, did you see this where she said um, it was a week or so ago, childhood trauma is visible in our relationships, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, well, where did that come from, Ashley? I know. I know. I was like, <laughs> but it it's so true. And here in a little bit, it, Cassie and I are going to talk about our aces. I'm not going to go into detail, but I have some aces. <laughs> but I look back at all the relationships I've been in and, and I'm not talking just like with, you know, a spouse, although that's obvious, but even with friends, how I overthink things. And I'm like, did they think, what do they mean when they said that? And am I stupid? And just all the things and, and like, we don't realize how we're affecting each other. So I feel like I'm a pretty resilient person and I I've masked my, masked my ace as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I don't know. Um, it's hard to tell because yeah yeah. 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 I think, yeah. yeah. We'll call it, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, maybe I could have been more resilient earlier in my life if I hadn't amassed him so well. Well, you got to be grateful. as a brat. <laughs> but then it's the least you can be grateful for now you have that resilience and now you're, yes. you know, yeah. Yeah. And because as I'm positive. Just, yeah. Like, pan, so I, I'm going through the pandemic and this was when I was getting my training and the whole time I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh my God. And then the underlying thing, I'm like, what is this pandemic doing to our kids? Because I'm getting to that. One of them went a type of trauma is historical, like a pandemic. Like, look what happened to our kids. And all along, I kept saying, if our kids who we're nurturing and making sure they do our homework are being left to learn on their own, to interact, to socialize, who? You know, if they're, if school was their study and they're where they went for that consistency, their community missed, 
yeah, they missed a year of that, that social learning. Mm -hmm. And so how, where were their brains developing during all that? Yeah. Like, what are we seeing now? Kids are, have such a disconnect. Disconnect. Um, That is like the perfect word to describe. At least my experiences with kids post pandemic, there is a disconnect, a straight disconnect with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's no, if there's a disconnect and they, they don't care, you can't start with that. You got to teach the academics. It's got to be there, but you can't start. You can't just have that be your main focus because they're not going to learn. They don't care. They're not going to learn. They're not going to, they're not going to get anything if we don't take care of that first. Yeah. And also, also look at the kids who are drawn to each other, like kids go to like kids. So, so there's going to be these kids who, you know, still had, had connection with, you know, parents at home checking their work and da, 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 da. And then those other kids are going to go over here with those kids, you know, or if some trauma happens to these kids, then they're going to wonder, they're just like raising themselves. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't, we can't blame parents all the way, but we can't play blame. We just gotta, we gotta fix it. Yeah. Well, and and (laughs) technically if I'm right, because you know, more of the the background of this, but technically it's not necessarily just a parent. It could be any adult in your life. Yes. That's it. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be a parent. It could be an aunt. It could be an uncle. It could be a teacher. It could be a minister. It could be any adult in your life from 18 and younger. Right. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm thinking. So it's not necessarily oh, parents. Yeah. It's what, yeah. who are you surrounded by? Who are the, who are the kids surrounded by? That and, are and you, Absolutely. And you know what? A trauma can happen at any time. And if it happens long enough and often enough, um, like I've had some as an adult that I I've had to rewire my brain with my husband and be like, okay, this is different. It's not the same person. It's my husband, you know, so it can happen at any time and teachers can be traumatized. And I really strongly feel like the pandemic and what they were put through, that was really traumatizing for educators. Um, But, and then the last one we were going to talk about is generational. And um, I talk to my husband about this all the time, Um, poverty, or if how one sex in the the family, like whether it's men or women, how they were treated um, in a family. Um, We're kind of seeing that right now in some relationships that um, are happening on the outside of our family where, girls are just treated differently. It's a cultural thing. And, um, so it's not, it's traumatic because it's hard to fit in society when girls are not necessarily treated the same. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we're experiencing some things ourselves. It's hard to, you know, just, just things. Um, but okay. So now back to the aces, Mm -hmm. we're going to get back to the types of aces. And there are several kinds. Um, there's abuse, which is physical, emotional, sexual, and like at school, like it's bullying. Um, other kids can cause trauma within, you know, for each other. And usually, um, what is that? Uh, hurt kids, hurt kids. Have you heard that? Hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, hurt. I've never heard that. Yeah. So hurt people, hurt people. So I always tell my kids if like they were feeling bullied, I, you know, and they would feel comfortable enough to talk to me. I would say, it's not about you. 
This has nothing to do with your shoes being from Old Navy or it has nothing to do with your clothes. This is about them. Why are they doing this to you to make them feel better? And um, man, my mom tried to pound that through my head as a kid. And I'd be like, you don't even know what it's like. (laughs) Right. I know my mom would always tell me like, it's not you. It's really not there. It's not about anything. It's because they're unhappy and they're just trying. So yeah, I, yeah, I feel that. So hard. It's Mm -hmm. so hard. And it's, you have to have that figure in your life. If that's happening to you as a child to, to overcome it. And if you don't have that figure in your life and there's someone, whether it's in your family or you're at school, bullying you or emotionally abusing you, it's hard to overcome. Mm -hmm. So, and I, those are the two toughest ones I think to identify and to go, are they just playing a victim? Are they causing this, you know, and really identifying and and watching behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a counselor friend who does a great job just sitting back and watching behaviors and really getting a a feel for what's really going on. Um, So she's our counselor at our middle school and she's fantastic. I think she is. So, um, and then another ace is neglect, physical and emotional. And like I was talking about the two brothers, the boy who was raised as a dog, um, physical neglect, obviously bathe hygiene. Don't, they don't eat, um, worry about where their next meal is going to come from all that. And if you're not getting the proper nourishment, your brain isn't going to develop properly. Yep. That's neglect. So, I'm, yeah, I'm constantly like, I'm thinking about you. Like, do you, are you constantly telling Grayson, like, drink all your milk, eat all your peas? Right. Yeah. He's such a picky eater, too. So I'm like, okay, if I can get fruits and vegetables in in a day, at least some and milk, okay. It will be physically fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, and there's so many kids that don't have that. And sometimes parents, People who have babies really young even um, don't know, or if you weren't raised by a real loving parent, you don't know what a hug and um, reading to them and telling them you love them all the time. You don't know that that's what they need. Yeah. Because you think I'm fine. Yeah. Um, and I then earlier, go sorry, ahead. earlier, like when I was talking about my friend, when we were discussing this, a lot of it was about as a child, never being heard, never being seen. And just kind of being left to fend. And it's, that's, that's neglect, just straight up neglect. And if you're, you know, if you've experienced that, or you see children experiencing that, you know, like that's neglect. Yep. Like they just kind of walk around and eat what they can get their hands on. Like there's no sit down supper time and that's not bad. Like, you know, busy families, but usually there's a, a parent figure, an adult in your life that makes sure you get food. And some of these kids just kind of like walk around and just eat chips that are on the floor, just whatever they yeah. find. Oh yeah. Um, but I, and uh, the next type of ACE is household dysfunction. I think this is probably one a lot of us can identify with, um, a mental illness in your family, either diagnosed or undiagnosed. Um, I think for our day and age, it's probably mostly undiagnosed if it did happen. Um, a parent treated violently or divorce, which, oh our, our society now, I think Cassie and I were talking about, uh, maybe, I don't know who I was talking about that. Were we talking about that where like, I was the only kid in school who had divorced parents? No, we weren't. Yeah. I don't know who. Yeah. When I was growing up for the longest time, I was the only kid in school in my class. I shouldn't say school, but in my 
class in my grade, I was the only one with divorced parents because everybody thought it was so weird that my mom's last name was different than mine. Really? And yeah. And I would be like, and I was like, oh, I always had to miss out on birthday parties that fell on my dad's weekend. And cause he didn't live in the same town and, mm-hmm. um, just things like that, you know, that's traumatizing for a kid. Um, but I will, you know, moving forward, I think things that bothered me as a child of divorce, um, I got to, I'm, I've been divorced. So moving forward, it taught me of things I didn't want for my kids. If they wanted to do this with dad rather than me, I tried to make sure that that was going to be okay and safe and all that stuff. Now, did I make mistakes? Absolutely. (laughs) Don't don't get me wrong. Emotions fly high. Um, But I tried really hard and I think we all try to do our best with what we're given. But I, you know, my husband and his um, ex have pretty good working relationship with the kids where if they want to stay with mom, they can stay with mom. They want to stay with us. They stay with us if we're around. So sometimes we don't know if we're go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I think what causes more harm in that situation is when one, you know, pits the child against the other or does it as an intentional thing. I mean, divorce happens. And as long as we're working to keep the child safe and secure and feeling safe and secure. That's like the most important thing, but you see so many times people using the child as a tool, um, to manipulate and that that's, that's traumatic on the child. But, um, you know, being the one child or it being kind of a new topic in, you know, the early late seventies, early eighties, when parents were getting divorced, um, we didn't know as much on the effects that it had on children. Yeah. It was kind of like toughen up. You're going to your dad's or toughen up, go back to your mom. And we didn't know as much about the brain science when, um, things like that would, you know, you'd say something mean to the child about the other parent. That just, that just made me mad at that parent, not my, the parent you're talking about. So, um, and then incarcerated relative, a parent, a, you know, or a sibling or, whatever. And then of course, substance abuse. So substance abuse, alcoholism, any drug use, if that's something in your world where you don't know the reaction from mom or dad or brother or sister or something, when they're on some substance, you don't know how to react and you're always on edge. That is like you're ready. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so real quick here, what do the studies say? about ACEs. So typically high ACE scores, they have a greater chance of depression. They lack physical activity because they are, you know, depression (laughs) or don't care. Yeah. And a lot of these things you're like, okay, well then substance abuse, because that's what you've seen. Or, and so if you're doing, have substance abuse or you're lacking physical activity or you're depressed, then you're going to miss school and work. So all these things just link together. You're not moving, you're abusing alcohol. You might have obesity in your family or diabetes. Um, You might be a suicide risk or those behaviors while you're, you know, under the influence of something or you don't care STDs, then all that stress can cause heart disease or smoking all your behaviors. And then of course that can lead to things like cancer, stroke, COPD, just all kinds of illnesses. So all that stress that, that you put your body through, um, 
because of these ACEs, you're at higher risk for that. So I should be a walking disaster right now because Cassie and I have talked about the number of ACEs I have versus the number of ACEs that she has. Okay. So we are going to stop there. We've given you the ACEs, um, the categories they all fall in. And the next episode, we are going to talk about Cassie's ACE, ACE and my ACEs. <laughs> <laughs> so tune in and then we're going to talk about, you know, we have ACEs. Now, what are we going to do? All these kids are coming at us. So that is going to be on next week's episode. And so this is the first time we've done a part one and part two. All right. So join us next week so you can get more of part two and learn about Angel and I's ACEs. And what we're going to do about it. Yeah. Okay. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's conversation, join us every Wednesday for more conversations about what's happening in today's educational world. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can find more information about what we offer at 3reducationalsolutions.com. That's the number three, letter R, educationalsolutions.com.